Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. I haven't seen the tweet. It's an ongoing process. Uh, I'm, I'm following it very closely, just like everybody else is here, and uh, looking forward to a resolution. I'm excited, thinking about Lamar all the time, thinking about him as our quarterback. We're building our offense around that idea, and... Uh, I'm just looking forward to getting back to football. I'm confident that's going to happen. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. How long, I wonder, after that quote, did it take for John Harbaugh to go on Twitter and find out exactly what Lamar Jackson said that led to the question that he had to so awkwardly answer there in that press conference? However long it took him to walk around the corner (laughs) so that reporters didn't (laughs) then get to say he quickly went to Twitter. (laughs) It is off the bench. Good to have you in on this Monday. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco. It is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Uh, Coming up a little bit later on in this program, the, uh, the, the, the Aaron Rodgers... New York Jets saga takes a turn thanks to Green Bay. And maybe, just maybe, for all those that don't want to see Aaron Rodgers get rewarded with what he wants, we might have gotten that sliver of a chance that keeps that from happening thanks to the GM of the Packers just opening his mouth this afternoon. I'll explain that coming up in just a little while. And why the Mountain West Conference needs to start looking for San Diego State's replacement immediately Mm. because I think we know it's going to happen. Uh, San Diego State's off. Uh, at some point, they're going to be. Their athletic director was on the, the radio earlier today. Some snippets of that uh, a, a little bit later on. But first, Hunter, uh, you heard John Harbaugh talking to the media right as Lamar Jackson decided to go on Twitter at a, well, um, pretty clear time. Uh, I don't think there's any mistake as to Lamar Jackson's timing for going on Twitter and talking about the request of a trade um, because he has said the the team has not been interested in meeting my value Mm. is what he said. This is uh, what he tweeted, and I quote, "Um, I love the game of football, and my dream is to help a team win the Super Bowl. Uh, So the Ravens fans are great, but I had to make a business decision that was best for my family and I. No matter how far I go or where my career takes me, I'll continue to be close to my fans of Baltimore, Flock Nation, and the entire state of Maryland. You'll see me again. Close quote. So, uh, again, going back to the premise, he requested a trade on March 2nd. I don't think Lamar Jackson's helping himself right now in what he's doing by going out there and, and putting this out on Twitter. Um, at the same time as when the head coach is going out and and talking to the media, you know what you're doing when you do that. And you're not allowing the team to talk to you. You're basically pushing the team away right. every time you do that. I don't know what he really expects from that. A couple things. He's absolutely aware, and so is John Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh is incredibly well rehearsed. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. He is well aware if this really did come through on March 2nd. That was almost three weeks ago, Josh. Right. So Harbaugh has been well aware of this the situation right here, and he has to play his role. And that's the unfortunate thing in my mind that Lamar is not doing right here. He is kind of bad-mouthing his current team. You right. know? Now, it's... It's a non-exclusive franchise tag, which means he can go around and he can kind of shop himself out there. But it's kind of dragging his team through the mud right here. And if there was ever any speculation that there was potentially a little bad blood, this is as official as it gets that no doubt. things are not good over in Baltimore. But you know what he's also dragging through the mud is he's dragging himself through the mud, too. Um 
there is a way to be unhappy and want out and uh, whether it's you know publicly putting out there that you requested a trade or not whatever it is there's a way to do it without being as calculated as he is um he doesn't have an agent to smooth things over for him uh or any representative like the nfl pa or the nfl believes That's that right. there is that that has yeah. denied any involvement um what, what is he like a workout uh, fitness trainer guy or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, some guy who's probably shady uh, that Lamar Jackson said, oh, he's got nothing to do with anything. He's not working with me, whatever. Um, you, when you have the uh, – when, when you have nobody to, to, to work with you and by choice and you decide to take this route, you're not just throwing the Ravens under the bus. You're dragging your name. And you're making it harder for other teams to want to go to Baltimore or go to you and say, hey, we'd love to have you. We'll try to work something out. Um, apparently, the one team that's interested is probably Indianapolis, and that's that's come out today. But I even wonder with Indy, um, what happens when Lamar Jackson gets hurt? Is he going to go on Twitter and start putting out his injury status on Twitter for exactly. everybody before anybody else does? When something goes wrong, is he going to put some random memes up on his uh, on his Twitter page? Um These are the things you have to be very careful of the business end of this as compared to just the disgruntled player. That's exactly right. It's not just that you hire the agent to help get you deals. They offer themselves as sort of a a screen for you. Mm -hmm. Conversations, perception, they are your PR team to prevent things like this from happening. They help you present yourself in the most professional and – attractive way as possible here. Mm-hmm. He is at the mercy of how well he can play this when, let's face it, it's not his job. His job is to play football and play football at a very high level. So in the interest of trying to save 10% off of his contracts, I just don't know if it's worth it, Josh. It, to me, I feel like there's a way to go about being a professional athlete and you hire an agent to get all that stuff accomplished for you, get you in commercials, get you brand deals, and then settle contract negotiations like right now so that this doesn't blow up in your face. Well, I think it already has blown up in his face. Exactly. I I don't know what agent would want to come in here late and try to save Lamar Jackson because what happens if that agent doesn't get Lamar a great deal? All of a sudden, is he going to get thrown under the bus too? Totally. Yeah. I'm saying like at the beginning of his his career, you know, like, if I'm an agent, I'm not touching this with a 10-foot pole, mm-hmm. no matter how much money could potentially happen. Yeah. Um, even people that have emerged from his camp to have said something, I think you made mention to that yeah. earlier, they've denied that they're not an official spokesperson, but there's no one who's an official spokesperson. He doesn't have an agent. Right. So man, th- this whole thing is interesting. Even, you know, I, I saw it something today. I think, Tanner, you could verify this. There was a... Uh, a a tweet about Meek Mill, the rapper, communicating oh, yeah, with was, Robert Kraft yeah, yeah. Um, that Lamar is interested <laughs> in visiting New England. So is that what we're going to? We're, we're, we're using uh, rappers and, and R&B stars to communicate for you to uh, team presidents? I just I – th- this is uh, unprecedented, Josh, in, in free agency. I mean, first off, before before we even go any further on Lamar Jackson, the fact that Meek Mill has yeah. a direct line to Robert Kraft yeah. is just one of the best things ever. Um, if you had to have a rapper have a direct line to you, uh, who would that be? Oh, man. Putting me on the spot here. I just thought of it. Uh, I, I got to go with uh, 
my guy Slim Shady, man. I feel like okay. he's just straight to the point. You know, he knows business. Yeah. Uh, who? I know he. I but I know he wouldn't. You want to know why? Yeah, why? Because he's a Detroit guy, and you're and down I'm, in a Chicago yeah, Blackhawks hockey jersey right it, now. Well, he's going to want nothing to do with there's you. There's no way I'm using Kanye, my my, my fellow <laughs> Chicago friend. There's no way. Yes. That is not happening. Slim Shady's <laughs> going to write a rap about you, and it's not going to be good. It's it, not going to be pretty. If, uh, if Dr. Dre or um, uh, Beyonce's husband, you know. That would be Jay-Z. Yeah. If any of those are interested, that they seem like quality <laughs> businessmen. I, I would love my future resting in their hands. You would want you would want a direct line with Snoop? Uh, no, Sno- Snoop is not going to be in my best interest. Snoop could get you a direct line to all the things that he promotes and Martha Stewart. Yeah, and no. every Comedy Central roast available. Yeah, I think Snoop uh, <laughs> is just interested in what NFL execs are uh, for marijuana being legalized. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, but but back to Lamar Jackson. I mean. That's cool and all. I mean, that you find out Meek Mill's reaching out to. <laughs> Is the, it the best strategy though? Come on. I mean, it's it's another way to the get for the NFL to put out another memo to everybody. Hey, stop talking to so and so, or you know, let Lamar handle himself, or or whatever it is. And then you have Bill Belichick. Was it was it Belichick today? Who basically said, uh, I, or was it Kraft? I think it was Robert Kraft who said, "I love Mac Jones," and that just basically squashed That's all right. of that. You know, th- this is a unique situation here where I think. If he would have had an agent, his agent would have been telling him what the perception in the public is mm-hmm. towards this. And the perception is Baltimore's blowing it. No matter what Lamar you know, has done the last couple of years, the perception from the general public is, why aren't you paying this guy? Mm-hmm. If you just hang tight, and I know it's going to be frustrating, but you kind of be quiet and you be humble, you be kind of just – in the background and allow this like the story was already kind of formulating in that direction where you allow that story to kind of take you to another team that would be stoked to have you and they get to swoop in and kind of be the knight in shining armor for Mm -hmm. you you know what i'm saying it was it was perfect until he got hurt and then you know even with him getting hurt i mean there was it was still like okay there's plenty of sympathy for him Mm. plenty and you could understand why And, and then he started kind of going rogue. And when he started going rogue because he kind of let his feelings get in the way of business, yeah. then that hurt him. Because, look, I was firmly entrenched Team Lamar Jackson on this. Right? How does a team not want to figure out how to pay one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League? Um, if you just took it by that alone, easy. The Ravens are idiots. You know, That's find right. a way to pay him. Make him happy. Let him, you know, be an entrenched part of your franchise for the next ten years, and you'll win a Super Bowl. You'll win. A, you'll win two Super Bowls. I, I guarantee you'll you'll raise a Lombardi Trophy. Yes. Um, but then he just got weird. Yep. You know, and unfortunately, like you said, something interesting. I thought earlier. You know, his job is to play quarterback and win games and so on and so forth. Unfortunately for him. He's made it his job to do more than that. That's right. Um, He's making it tougher on himself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, there are certain guys that can be – I think it was Bobby Wagner who is his own agent, and he just inked a deal, I think, to go back to Seattle uh, over the weekend. Laramie Tunsil, I believe, is his own agent. Uh, He just inked a deal. Some people believe there was some help he shouldn't have gotten to get there. Um, But he just inked a deal with the Houston Texans. It's a good, pretty good-sized deal. Hmm. Laramie Tunsil just got a deal. 
Do we remember what happened to Laramie Tunsil oh, yeah. before the draft? Oh, yeah. And he's got a pretty nice-sized deal. And here's Lamar Jackson right now who just can't keep himself quiet on social media. And he should be somebody that half the league tries to put out a non-guaranteed offer for. Half the league should. Green Bay should. New England should. Um, the Bears should the not. Ba- <laughs> Do not throw them in there. I'm sticking with Why my not? guy Fields. Why, why not? I'm sticking with my guy Fields. <laughs> You'd rather have Justin Fields over Lamar Jackson. Well, I, I don't want to trade him right now. Okay, okay. Lamar, last couple seasons, is a little injury prone. Uh, yeah, but is he going to win you more games in in, uh, in less appearances? He's one knee injury away. Uh, okay. Fields is a brick house. Uh, okay, okay. He's a brick house. <laughs> I got to ride with my guy, Josh. He's a brick house. You know what words? Oh, there's a, there's a letter that's missing. There's an I in brick house. There's a uh, there's no N and T, but I'm sure they'll make a way for those for the N and the T to be in there yeah, too. You're still sticking with your quarterback, who is still a Green Bay Packer, by the way. I'm not sticking with him. Yeah. He he can go uh-huh. fly a kite for all I care. <laughs> um, he, if he does some more ayahuasca. I'm sure he'll be flying uh, some kites. Oh, he yeah. Uh, more more on on Aaron a bit, but but truly. <laughs> I mean, there should be no reason why there only seems to be one team interested in Lamar Jackson. That's crazy. Mm. This is this is not, and and I'm not using this as the comparison. Um, this is not Colin Kaepernick and kneeling. Um, this is a player who's been getting hurt, who is now, frankly, valued himself at this point. Higher than he should. Yeah. Again, can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth. Mm. He's an MVP player. He's one of the, when healthy, top three, top four quarterbacks. Absolutely. In the but again, I have to devalue based on injuries, as, as, as we've talked about. We, we kind of know that. Um, but because he's done that to himself and he's not going to budge, here we sit. Indianapolis is interesting for me for him. And I know we'll get to this after the break here, but I don't know if that, fits in my mind. Ursay runs that team similar to Jerry Jones runs the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And at least when you look at the last few quarterbacks to have played in Indianapolis, they do not pose really any kind of dual threat options. There's almost this standard pocket passer, uh, almost Midwest style of playing quarterback over yeah. there that they kind of entrench themselves in mm-hmm. that uh, I would be very surprised if they move towards Lamar Jackson because just like what Baltimore had to do, you have to restructure your entire offense to fit his skill set. They say that their new coach Stepien has, uh, you know, has had success, you know, with with quarterbacks like Lamar ja- or Steichen. I'm sorry, mm. um, has had co- success here, so you know it's not that much of a stretch. Um, but still, I mean, you're thinking bigger picture, and I and I see yeah. where you're coming from, and and the fact that. They have made so many different moves for so many different quarterbacks since how, Peyton. It, it, right, right. Really, Andrew Luck was only a couple of years. Philip Rivers didn't last long. Um, Wentz, yeah. And then Jacoby Brissett. Who was last year? I can't. And then even last remember. year was Matt Ryan. That's right. It was Matt Ryan with a nice cold arm. That, no, that was Matty yeah, Ice with yeah. a nice cold arm. Matt, yeah, Matty. Brutal. Matty Ice. Ugh. Matty Ice, more like uh, Natty Ice. Ooh. Uh, and not national championship, just the drink. Um, 
yeah, we kind of forget it's it's been a, a, a bungled fest of QBs. Why do it one more time in on on this short of notice without right. without really a plan? That's what I mean. With a new head coach, that's a, that's a great point. I think it underscores everything. I think that is kind of wrong. Um, that that Lamar is not helping himself well uh, out with here uh, at this point in time. We'll we'll get back to the NFL a little bit later. Uh, I, I want to touch on what was kind of an interesting UH sports weekend. You were at the Circle of Honor. Uh, ceremony on Saturday. Wanted to touch on that a little bit. Uh, also, call the coach. Charlie Wade is coming up tomorrow night, 6 30 uh, Thursday. 6 30. I'm already, I'm already thinking about opening day in Major League Baseball. That's why. That's my excuse. There you go. 6 30, Ruby Tuesday, Moana Lua, brought to you by Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union. Ruby Tuesday, Hawaii, IBEW, local 1186, Hawaii Pacific Health, PAXA, HGEA, and Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. It is off the bench. Hunter, Josh, ESPN, Honolulu. Great to have you in. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Uh, just got a couple alerts here. Uh, we'll have traffic updates uh, top of the next hour. Uh, this is according to the city and county of Honolulu. Komohana and surrounding streets closed due to an oil spill. They say closures will be adjusted as cleanup progresses. That just came down in the last uh, couple of minutes. And also, uh, watch for the weather. A flood advisory is now up until 6 tonight for the island of Oahu. They've been expecting some weather. Uh, there was some around Kauai last night and a little bit below us, and some of that's kind of making its way up. So uh, drive safely out there. Flood advisory until 6. So we'll follow these as we learn morning, and uh, we'll get some, uh, some traffic updates from our uh, big, booming voice traffic guy. Uh, coming up at the top of the next hour. Busy weekend uh, for University of Hawaii Athletics. Uh, I had baseball all weekend. Hawaii with the split of Tulane. Not the split, the uh, the sweep of mm-hmm. Tulane there at uh, Les Murakami Stadium. Uh, a little bit of drama on Sunday. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. You got to go to the uh, Circle of Honor uh, ceremony on Saturday. Uh, let me first say, I'm bummed. I, I wish, and I, I'm pretty sure I'm speaking on behalf of my colleagues, Scott Robs and Canole. I wish we all could have been there. Unfortunately, there was a baseball game at the same time as the Circle of Honor ceremony. So we didn't get to be there. You know, it's kind of cool that they did a little mini thing on Friday um, in front of a really good crowd yeah. on, on Friday for baseball. Tickets issued was over 4,000 for a Friday night. That's awesome. Uh, I think it was over... Th- 32 who actually made it but still i mean for it's a pretty full less was it was it friday or was it no you know it saturday, saturday was um, was the near sellout but friday was still pretty good but anyway i mean you had a you had a good crowd of people and and we saw the inductees uh, of course, minus Bobby. Bobby was in Arizona, but you That's got right. to you got to go to the event yeah. on saturday. Tell me what that was like. Well, first of all, to kind of add to your point right there that the joke of the night was that we were saddled with Chris Hart being the host oh, for the evening. No. And he's like, I, you know, again, I want to apologize. You won't have to see me again. <laughs> but both Scott Robbs and Kanoa Leahy are over at baseball, so you'll have to forgive me. And I think the majority of the crowd would agree we, we wish it would have been either of those two. Ouch! So, well, Ouch. no, th- that was the jokes. That was the joke with everybody because poor Chris kept talking on, on and on about who has more bread for me to have. So... 
Yeah, it was uh, it was one of those nights. Who but, has uh, more bread for him to have? What does that mean? Like the the bread that they served, he was asking. Oh, anyone oh. who's not eating their bread, pre- please bring it to our table. <laughs> He'll eat it. What? Yes. Was it was it good bread? I, no, I, I gave him my bread. Oh, oh so you you gave in to the charity <laughs> angle that Chris Hart was looking for. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I heard rave reviews of uh, of Chris's work on Saturday. Again, I mean, I wish as a as a Chris Hart on the microphone fan, uh-huh. I wish I had an opportunity uh, to see Chris do his work on Saturday. But again. We had baseball. Sure, yeah. I got to call Grand Slam. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll take the Grand Slam. That, absolutely. That that bomb from Donahue was awesome. But, oh, but that was. Back to the night, just real quick. It was. Um, it's always special whenever you get to kind of see generations past brought up to present. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 one that I think of is Miss Perry. I believe her name is Bobby, uh, Perry. Bobby Perry. She's a lovely woman. Unbelievable lovely woman. and. Uh, I think she was a part of the inaugural volleyball season at UH um, way back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And then they, they, they played a very nice video for her. And she was in the Olympics and represented Team USA multiple times. And just to – she carried herself with such, you know, presence and grace. And uh, Dave Kawada did a really good interview for her up on the stage, as, as he did for all of the other inductees. Mm-hmm. Um it, I was particularly touched with her story because she talked about what UH Manoa was like as a student back at, at that time and kind of just that, th- you know, as myself, as a student at the University of Hawaii, hearing from someone like her who kind of paved the way and even before some of the Title IX stuff was passed. And uh, it's just it's just really cool to uh, to, to be in, in a presence of, of someone like that. We'll talk about more of them a little bit later on, just to, to kind of close out on, on, on Bobby Perry, because yeah. um, you know, one of the really cool things about recognizing people like her is not just about what they did then, but they took what they did at the University of Hawaii and turned that around into giving back to others. Her work... Um, you know, we're part of the uh, HHSA Hall of Honor mm. uh, selection committee. She goes to a countless amount of high school games, is, you know, looking out to see great students, great athletes, recognizing them for the work that they do. She's incredible. She's a wonder woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am so happy for her that she got inducted uh, into the circle of honor. We'll, we'll spread some of this conversation out uh, throughout the next uh, couple of hours here of the show. When we come back, hey, March Madness. May lead to a problem for the Mountain West. That's coming up off the bench. Good news. Mountain West is on the national stage at the Final Four. Bad news. I think we're only now confirming the inevitables coming very soon. Uh, We might be looking for another team to be in the Mountain West. It is off the bench. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco, ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Pretty cool, Hunter, even though, I mean, it's basketball. We don't have a stake in basketball in the Mountain West. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is pretty neat to see San Diego State representing that conference in the Final Four. Um, And the realization, uh, on an aside, there will be a mid-major playing for a national championship, either San Diego State or Florida Atlantic, come Saturday. So fun. Yeah. And whether this is um, a good idea or not, that – Anytime that a team that we face consistently does well, it's mm-hmm. kind of a reflection on us. It, that's the way I feel, where 
we we play San Diego State just about every single year in football. Right. And so if they have success, I got to imagine coaches in, you know, for, for University of Hawaii are then relaying that information to our guys of why can't that be us? If they can do it, why can't we do it, you guys? Now, I think you're pointing to the fact that greener pastures might be headed their way as well. Oh, there's no doubt. Uh, and, and I think they've talked about it a little bit. In fact, uh, on Freddie and Fitzsimmons a little while ago uh, over on the ESPN app, uh, John David Wicker, the director of athletics at SDSU, was asked by the guys, have you heard from multiple Power 5 conferences? This is what he said. Yeah, I mean, we've had regular conversations with, you know, whether it's conference staff or um, athletic directors in various conferences. And, you know, we're out there sharing who we are and, you know, what we think we can be, the investments that we've made in our program, how much our institution has grown um, academically. So, you know, we're not limiting ourselves to anybody. We want to find what's going to be the best fit for San Diego State University that's going to help us be successful. And if we're successful, then whatever league it is that we're playing in, they're going to be successful too. Uh, let's basically hone that down. There's only two conferences that I think would be talking to San Diego State, and that would be the Pac-12 and uh, the Big 12. And I'm pretty sure the Pac-12 would be more of the higher-up phase than the Big 12 would be. Uh, after all, the Big 12 does have a television agreement now. The Pac-12 is still working on theirs. And, and and we'll talk about some of those aspects in a little while. But let's bring this back to the Mountain West where I think it's it's kind of important here for Hawaii is that undoubtedly San Diego State's gone. Yeah. Um, this was the shot in the arm of watching basketball successful that would push a Pac-12, I'm sure, to expedite the process and – because the Pac-12 is having such a hard time getting a television deal done, or it's television or Amazon or whoever it is, that they can now say, hey, look, um, we got a team in the Final Four uh, there in San Diego State, and that's a good basketball conference. And who's to say that they can't add some value, maybe not necessarily in football by wins and losses, hmm. but by basketball, because there's more to our conference television footprint than just football, that – Maybe this can help gain us a couple million in in revenue in um, in, in whatever rights deal we put together. So there there's that. Uh, but I think on the Mountain West side, let's go back to Hawaii. Yeah. If you're Gloria Navarez, who is the uh, new commissioner of the Mountain West, just took over the job in January, while you're happy because you've got money funneling into your conference thanks to all those credits you get for every win that uh, a conference school brings in, and they're rolling it in. Um. You're happy because you know you have an opportunity to increase your next television deal, but you also know on the other side that might not happen because it's very unlikely San Diego State's not going to be there. So the likelihood is you've got to figure out what to do next. And the question is whether there is a school out there that can make you forget about San Diego State in five to ten years or if you just kind of stay along the lines of the status quo and just move on without them and just don't try to replace them. This is really interesting to me because before them making this Final Four, really all that I thought in my mind that San Diego State had going for them was their positioning. Mm -hmm. Pac-12 is losing UCLA and USC to the Big Ten. They're looking to capture some of that Southern California market still because two of their main players are now gone. So we were already speculating that, okay, San Diego State, because they're also down there, 
would be an attractive offer. Mm. Now with them in the final four, they, you know, you, you just heard the the response from their athletic director. They can almost shop around a little bit. Kinda. It's shifted from, oh, this is a natural fit to, well, let's entertain some other offers as well and see uh, kind of what we can do here and what he said, what's best for San Diego State as a school. Um, very interesting to me, Josh, because they are not at the same level as Pac-12 when it comes to football. Right. Um, but uh, that is the beauty of March Madness, man. It puts mid-majors along with the Power Five and anybody on any given day can go down. And so it's one of those things where they are no longer going to be looked to as a mid-major. They're now with this. It's it's a perfect combination of timing, playing well, and positioning for this school for something like this to happen. You asked me a question earlier. Um, you know what would be the likelihood, and maybe I'm 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 not re-paraphrasing your question correctly. What about sure. Hawaii? Could Hawaii be that team that becomes all Mountain West, not just football, if San Diego State were to leave? And I answered by saying probably not. Um, I think there are a number of challenges that go along with that. Um, you know, and I think part of it right now, travel is a little bit different. Let's let's put all the other. You're saying um, for basketball, jumping from I'm the saying, Big West. To- I'm, I'm saying basketball and a number of other schools, a mm. number of, of of other um, sports. Sports. I'm sorry. Yeah. Basketball. Your travels a little bit more. You're probably going to end up paying for all those schools to go to you. Um, baseball, there are less schools, which means you're doing home and homes in uh, those sports, and it's not as good of a baseball conference. Not the the Big West has struggled Fair, yeah. as well. I think the same thing goes for for some of your other spring sports. And then um, there are sports that the Mountain West does not have, like you know, men's volleyball, uh, which you know, the Big West has. So there are actual advantages for you know sports outside of football. Um, to stay in the Big West, and I don't think you want to find yourself in like five different conferences splicing together everything um, with, with every different sport. I think the other side of it is don't, and this is more for the basketball crowd. Don't get too carried away with the fact that you know the Mountain West is getting you four, you know, getting four schools into the NCAA tournament, and the Big West gets one because there is a realization you have to have. And we watched Hawaii play UNLV earlier this year in in Henderson. And at the time, UNLV was undefeated. They were looking at, at that point in time like one of the better teams out of that conference. And then you look at the aftermath of UNLV and what, what were they at the end of the day? 19 and 13. Um, and they would only make it to the quarterfinals of the Mountain West. Uh, they looked like an, an unbeatable team at the beginning of the year. Hawaii lost to them, I think, by double digits. Um, yeah. Just because you get an opportunity to look at the possibility of a, of a bigger conference. I, Mount West is a better basketball conference than the Big West is. Doesn't mean you're going to be better. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden you plug yourself in and you're top three or you're top four. Um, and I cannot imagine having to watch the basketball team again travel to, uh, let's say, Boise, Idaho, yeah. um, or New Mexico, or you know, some of those places where right now football is going. I, I can't imagine that every year. And I, I think there's one other thing, and we have to factor television in this conversation too. 
right now, Hawaii's in a really good spot with TV. Um, television revenue is important. Hawaii's getting it from you know basically three different places, whatever they get from the Big West, which I don't think is much. Um, you know, the Mountain West, now that they do get some television money for football, and then with, uh, with Spectrum. Yep. There are lots of opportunities for the Mountain West to have stuff on television, uh, whether it is CBS Sports Network, Fox, um, and then they have Stadium for uh, and slash Mountain West Network for, for all the games that don't get on linear television. You make that move, you're now devaluing your television product hmm. um, because now you are probably taking away half, if not all, of your television inventory for men's and women's basketball to appease a television contract that is built in and has a lot of inventory for a conference that actually does fairly well in that sport. Um, and that could be the difference in several hundred thousand, maybe even just half of the worth of your television deal just based on that. That's a gamble that I don't know that you really want to take just to think of, oh, but let's get all of our schools in 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 one conference. To me, that actually makes makes it really uh, much harder to do and maybe not profitable to do as compared to kind of the situation you're in now. I uh, regret that I'm about to bring this up, but Uh-oh. this is Uh-oh. one of the main things, mm-hmm. one of the main issues that the next athletic director is going to come face-to-face with, Josh. Yeah. We may not be face-to-face with conference realignment, but we will have to make decisions when other schools that, that are being targeted in mm-hmm. our perspective conferences are being targeted. We, we have to, in the, the words of the athletic director from San Diego State, look out for the best interest of us. So that is, in my mind, other than situations with our facilities and stadiums that is the like number one thing on my mind that the next ad needs to be able to play ball in is how are we going to handle conference realignment all of the the problems that come with it okay light bulb just flashed in my head because i think this is a good jumping point um we'll call an audible here in the next segment because when i want i want to put you as a as an athletic director candidate I'll put myself as an athletic director candidate. I know, laugh about it. Vote for Josh. Yeah. Um, And I'll put you, the listener, as an athletic director candidate. When you say the words, make the decisions in the best interest of the institution, let's say that is a question that comes up to you as you're interviewing in front of whoever you're interviewing for the job for. What's your answer? We'll talk about that on the other side. But first, we want to tell you about a uh, great golf tournament coming up here. It's just a, just a matter of weeks away. We're not that far away from the uh, Giving Hope Hawaii golf tournament. Uh, plenty of information. You can uh, get that online uh, by going to givinghopehawaii.org. It's their Cinco de Mayo charity golf tournament, May 5th at Kapolei Golf Course. Giving Hope Hawaii provides food and support for those in need on the windward side. How do you answer that question? Making the decisions... That is best for the University of Hawaii. What are those decisions? This is Off the Bench. We're watching on the uh, television right now on ESPN2. It's like this Hawaii special 
right now in the XFL. You've got Cole McDonald. My guy. You got, yeah, your guy. You were, uh, you've been texting him. You guys are best buds. You got, uh, as he's like trash talking some defensive linemen, it looks like. Don't get him going. Uh, you got Jordan Ta'amu uh, playing for the undefeated DC Destroyers. Um, or Defenders, sorry. Destroyers. I don't know. It seems like things are... Um, it, it, I, yeah, don't. That was going to go down a political route accidentally, and I'm just I'm going to avoid that as all possible. Uh, the DC Defenders. Yeah, you know exactly where I'm going. Um, and then you've got I think Cedric Bird's uh there with, uh, Houston. with Houston as well. Yep. So it's a, a a a pretty neat game to watch with uh with a whole bunch of Hawaii guys around. We just watched Cole McDonald throw an incomplete pass on I think it was fourth down. And so uh, Houston's down 11. DC is undefeated at 5-0. and Houston's 4-1. and That's kind of cool. I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll have a little something out of this a little bit later on. Um, but let me ask you the question. Uh, since we were talking about San Diego State's athletic director doing things in the best interest of San Diego State. So if you're interviewing for the University of Hawaii job, and let's say um, – I'm just going to pick a random uh, committee member who's in the interview process. Um, the, uh, the, wide re- the the former wide receiver that was just yeah. named to the committee. Ashley Lilly. Ashley Lilly. How did I not have his name on the top That's of okay. my tongue? Ashley Lilly tells you, what's a decision that you make that's in the best interest of University of Hawaii Athletics? What's your answer? I think one of the first things that I would answer is... If we are looking at conference realignment, because that was the what we were really focused on right. in that previous segment, right, right, right. is making a – if we were to make a move and if we were posed poised to make a move, I should say, it would be towards a conference that would be a best fit for all of our sports. Okay. Hawaii is very rich in a few areas. Um, volleyball is the first one that I think of, men's and women's. Rich history there. Uh, football, near and dear to the the heartbeat of who we are as as Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Those three things, right right off the bat, are the, number one in my mind of needing to make a conference shift if we were okay. going to go in that direction. Okay. So in my mind, with Mountain West not having that as an option, mainly volleyball, uh-huh. the most logical pick would be um, the Pac-12. Now. Obviously, so many other things come in with that, Josh. Yeah. You put me on the spot here with asking that question. Yeah. I'm we're if we're playing the hypothetical game with me interviewing for the athletic director job, we're also playing the hypothetical game That's that, fine. that That's UH totally fine. is yeah. is situated to make that jump up to the back twelve. Get ready for a hypothetical follow up on that, but finish. There we go. Um so that would be my my opposition towards jumping everything over to the Mountain West. Okay. Um, my focus is if we're going to move conferences, it's to move conferences big time up to the Pac-12, just like San Diego State is, sl- is slated to do so. Okay. So my hypothetical follow-up to that answer, yeah. and, I, and I appreciate your answer. Thank you for uh-huh. taking the time to be a part of this interview process. That's right. Is hypothetically, how are you going to do that? Uh. I'm going to, uh, first of all, panhandle down in Waikiki, <laughs> asking for uh, whatever um, what, whatever funds people could spare. You're going to dance? You're going to sing? You're going to do calligraphy? I'm prepared to do all three. I okay. want this job. If you can do all three at the same time, <laughs> I think we could do it. That's right. I think we could raise enough money in two weeks. I think we could, too. 
prepared to take pictures of my feet if we need to. Oh, and now we've turned south. <laughs> I, uh, I I want this job. Look, I was about to Mr. go to I was, I was about to go into Waikiki every night for dinner for two weeks. <laughs> To get by you and to drop a donation for singing, dancing, and calligraphy there all at the go. same time. And then you said pictures of feet, and I, I said, nah, man, I pass. You know, we, we were talking about the new AD needing to think outside the box. That is outside okay? the box. That is outside the box thinking right there to generate revenue. <laughs> oh, gosh, yes. Um, but but anyway. So that, that that's one of the first things right there. Now, you know, in the hypothetical world, Hawaii has been viewed as the meeting point between East and West. Uh-huh. And I know you hate that argument. I do. <laughs> We're getting laughter on the other side of the wall from Tanner. In my, but, I, but I'm open to hearing th- that's it. That's right. Where that that has... Again, we're, we're, we're in hypothetical this is world. Hypothetical, yeah, we this are is, deep this, in hypothetical world. This is world. fun. We might as well just play Sims at this Th- point. That, that's but anyway. right. They, they cannot go another year without having Hawaii join the Pac-12. Okay. And so we, in this hypothetical world, we are in a similar position to San Diego State where we're getting wined and dined by a few school, I mean, by a few conferences at this point. And in our mind, the best interest for our school, best interest for our sports, best interest for our travel, we got to stay on the West Coast. Yeah. So it's a natural fit. Okay. So, yeah, you're saying Pac-12, although, I mean, how, how far does the West Coast extend? Does it extend to Colorado? Does it extend to Utah? Well, does it extend to Arizona? I mean, we already play schools as far east in our current situation mm, mm-hmm. in the Mountain in football. West. In yeah, football. In, yeah, in football. Maybe not in the, the Big West, but in the Mountain West, we certainly do. Um, I believe, is Boise the furthest east uh, uh, I mean, I mean, you basically go Idaho down. Uh, I think New Mexico might New Mexico be the farthest, might. the farthest, east. the farthest east. Because Colorado State's there, but New Mexico is kind of bordering Texas. I mean, uh-huh. you're an hour away from El Paso, so I think it's, I think New Mexico, Colorado State may be close, but you're you're splitting hairs at that. Point. You know, that's going to be such a shift. You know, we're talking about San Diego State. That's the whole point of why we're even on this. Right. It's going to be such a shift for them of getting money from Power Fives whenever they go and play mm-hmm. the Pac-12s or the Big Tens or the SECs to now they're in the Power Five and schools like us are going to be asking for you know the chance to come play them to earn income from them. Oh, I thought you were about to say schools like us are going to be asking to sell pictures of our feet. No, 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 no. <sighs> Man, I thought we were going there. <laughs> uh Anything and everything to uh, Free University of Hawaii. Next um, thing we'll be doing is Zippy's Chili's fundraisers. <laughs> Chili's pretty good, though. It is. It is. It is. Um, yeah, I you know I, I do think at the end of the day it is as, as hypothetically fun as as we're having with it. It does. Um, it does create the real world discussion of the moment, and you know I I don't I don't say it to plan on having this discussion full bore again but i do think as we as, as we talk about like the characteristics and the qualities and all that stuff is that um having somebody with the ability to hypothetically answer that question um is is important to not ignore mm. you know um you know if, if there's someone who, who is kind of green can't really answer the question doesn't really know where to begin with it. 
uh, and we're talking about the, the the present of where we're currently sitting in college athletics, that would be an alarming red flag to me. If someone can't really, you know, enter that arena, um, that would be a little troubling. That's um, right. But we'll we'll talk about that more. We 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 pose that to you as well. Uh, you can text us at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Sports Center on the way. It's off the bench. Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. We do something we think can help the team, then we'll do it. Given the context of whatever it is. But, yeah, we're not afraid to do whatever we need to do to help the team, whatever that is. Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. You know, we just needed some Bill Belichick in our lives. Um... You know, if if Meek Mill can reach out to Robert Kraft, who's the rapper that is reaching out to Bill Belichick? Ooh. You've already said that if you had... Jay-Z you had or Eminem. Choose, yeah, you said Eminem first, and I yep. said there's no way Eminem's representing a boy from Chicago. I, yeah, <laughs> he is Detroit through and through. Yes, he is. Man, if there's a, a rapper that would represent... Ooh, maybe Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. He's got enough okay. a, a drab in his voice. It's uh, similar to Bill Belichick. You know who I was going to say, uh, and I was thinking back, uh, I'm going a little old school because Bill Belichick is, is. is kind of old school. Um, I, I was going to say Dr. Dre, that maybe Dr. Dre would be the rapper that would have a direct line to Bill Belichick, that they could talk some football. Um, they could talk about their um, their love of music and gosh knows what else. And we're bringing this up, of course, because Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent. But Thank he uses his relationship with a rapper named Meek Mill, who is also apparently best friends with Robert Kraft, right. the owner of the New England Patriots. So instead of reaching out to Robert Kraft directly, Lamar Jackson texts Meek Mill, and then Meek Mill texts Robert Kraft. We don't need an agent. We're just going to text our rapper friends. Yeah. How long until the NFL puts out a statement? Uh, nothing can go through an individual named Meek Mill. And then you get a tweet from Meek Mill. I don't know what the heck this is. I've done nothing wrong. But according to Aaron Rodgers, Schefter is not a reputable source. <laughs> but Meek Mill is. This has been a crazy offseason. Yeah, it has. Just uh... with, like, conduct and communication. It's just. It's been kind of a circus, Josh. It has. It's not going to get any better, um, just to let you know. Up until we haven't even had the draft yet. The draft is a month away. Uh, we'll have draft coverage right here on ESPN. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get just just gnarly uh, from, from now until then and then beyond. So, so buckle in. Um, in fact, buckle in right now. Strap in your, your seatbelt because um, Brian Guttenkunst, the general manager of the Green Bay Packers, was in a position today – in which he could have gone a couple of different ways regarding Aaron Rodgers. He could have, A, played the high road. Yep. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show and said he wants to play in New York. And, you know, there's a holdup on compensation. And he could have kept things very bland and vanilla. Or he could have done this. Uh, he was asked this question in Presser today, and here's how he handled it. You know, as we got out of the off season or after the season, and we, we had a good conversation, um, and then you know we're, we're going to have some follow up conversations. 
and our inability to reach him or for him to respond in any way, I think at that point, then we just kind of had to, we had to, I had to do my job and kind of reach out and understanding that a trade could be possible uh, and see who was interested, but that shopping was never really part of that. So, so when you gave him that contract extension, you've said publicly your intention was for him to not just play last season, to play beyond that. At what point did it shift to, okay, we need to move on? Yeah, I think so. I think obviously it was a disappointing season, right? And you come out of the season, you have a lot of conversations, not only with Aaron, but with uh, the rest of the team, coaches and everybody. And as you go through that process, you kind of get an idea of where you're going to move to, you know, as a team, how you're going to go forward. And I think I was really looking forward to the conversations with Aaron to see how he fit into that. Uh, those never transpired. So, it, you know, there, there came a time where we kind of had to, we had to make some, you know, decisions. So we went through his representatives to try to kind of talk to him where we were going with our team. And at that point, um, you know, they informed us they would like to, to be traded to the Jets. So um, he could have very well played the high road and kept things very calm and instead decided to say, you know what, uh, Aaron never kept his word. Uh, you know, we didn't have those conversations. We had to go through his representatives and I had to do my job. Um, not a great look, especially because Aaron, look, Aaron Rodgers likes to be the guy that goes on McAfee and is, you know, dropping the, the truth um, you know, and putting guys like Adam Schefter and others to shame and, and selling them to lose his number or whatever, um, because Aaron Rodgers believes, you know, the world only works his way. Yeah. Uh, not every other way, which is kind of how we all operate, but only his way, because Aaron Rodgers is in his own world and That's he's exactly the only one right. living in it. Um, but the great thing about you know, these opportunities to meet with the press like Brian Gutenkunst gets to do that Aaron Rodgers will not want to do and doesn't want to do is that, you know what? I got nothing to lose. We don't necessarily want to be here, but if he's going to go out and basically uh, ghost us, then I've got to figure out what's next for my team. And I don't necessarily have to want to say this to you, but you know what? We're in late March. We need to figure ourselves out. So, you know what? Here are the remaining few cards that I have in my hand. I'm dropping it on the table. Here's where we are. That's right. I feel I, I feel bad for him, but I feel glad for him at the same time that he could get that off his chest and be able to see, yeah, we tried reaching out to Aaron Rodgers. We tried figuring it out. And, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is too important for himself to be able to give us the time of the day. That's exactly right. And they've been through enough with this guy already where – you're a Green Bay fan. Uh-huh. I have many family friends of mine that are diehard Green Bay Packer fans. They want to be rid of him. You want to be rid I of do. him. I do. I think this is evident that not just the fan base, but upper management of the Green Bay Packers want to be done with him as well. Mm-hmm. And I can't really blame them. It, in that part of the country, Josh, it, it, it is um, a very non-dramatic uh very kind of small community. Green Bay, along with Buffalo, one of the last remaining small communities that has a football team mm-hmm. where they are, it's kind of family owned and uh, the um, it's, it's not like some of the bigger market franchises where this has become more about Aaron Rodgers than it has become about the Green Bay Packers. And it's yep. been that way for a while now. I'd say close to the last three or four years where they've started to speculate, is he done? And they went through it with, with Favre, too, at the end of his career. They did, yeah. Um, which, by the way, both these guys only ever won one Super Bowl apiece. But here's, here's what I'll counter that. Brett Favre did make a lot of things about himself, but Brett Favre never got to the point that Aaron Rodgers is that it was, 
forget the organization. You know, um, Brett never, and, and I'm not excusing any of, of Brett's recent stuff. That's right. That he's going through. But in that time frame, Brett never, I think, lost being a member of the, of that organization. That's right. Being a proud, proud part of that organization. Everything for him was writing on the wall with Aaron Rodgers behind him. But it was never for a lack of love for the organization or lack of wanting the best for it. It was he had to at some point look out for him, but he wasn't being as selfish as what we're seeing here. And, right. I, and, and, and I, part of me, is, as strange as it is, feels like I have to differentiate what Brett was doing and what Aaron is doing. Because Aaron has gone complete selfish mode. He, he could give a rip about totally. the Packers organization, frankly. Um, it's about... Aaron Rodgers and whatever he deems is best for him, forget legacy, all that stuff. I don't think that matters to him. No, <laughs> you're exactly right. He is the only citizen in his universe mm -hmm. and could care less about his relationship with any of the guys in upper management um, or the, the team or the community as a whole. And it's obvious with how he's gone about things this last couple of months i i'm amazed josh that in we're hearing it from the horse's mouth literally from right. the gm of the green bay packers where we tried to reach out the guy never responded mm -hmm. you owe it to them to at least respond and oh, you're yeah. still under contract it's not like he's a free agent where then this you know sort of conduct is hey you do what you want you're a free agent you're no longer under a team he's still on their roster it, it's baffling to me. Yeah, and he he went on um, his primary source of communicating this last off season has been the Pat McAfee show, That's which right. they're benefiting huge for. Oh yeah. Um, however, he said a while back, I'm not going to hamstring the Packers and let this become a long drawn out process. Too late. We're now less than three weeks away from. The draft, and they still can't figure out what they're going to do with him. Right. I don't know how well, m how much more drawn out you could get. There's one thing I'm rooting for, which maybe I shouldn't admit that I'm rooting for it. Um, but there is one thing that I think maybe in in Gutenkunst doing this, um, I'm hoping that he sticks up for his franchise and gets the exact compensation that yeah. he wants, that his franchise wants, and if you don't get it, you don't trade him. That's right. Aaron Rodgers is 39. And let him just pout. Yeah. Let him pout. Who cares? Yeah. I, I'm with you, man. Be stingy here. If you want multiple first-rounders, be stingy with yes. it. Yes. With everything he put you guys through, I'm more speaking to um, the um, the front office of, of, the, of the Packers. Uh, there's gone are the gone is the time for civility in this. Mm -hmm. Now comes the time of playing hardball. Yep. And if you're gonna do this to us, then hey, this is our asking point. And if the Jets can't match it, too bad, partner. Have fun in that dark uh, <laughs> cave that you went to. Yeah. And that's why. And that's why I'm glad he said what he said today because the narrative was shifting. Well, there's no there's no agreement on compensation. What's Green Bay doing? Why you know why is it turning this way? Why you know are are they purposely holding this up? Now it's like, got it. Okay, 
I, I, I have no sympathy for Aaron Rodgers whatsoever. And if it means that he doesn't play because, um, you know, he doesn't end up getting traded because they don't have to make a deal. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is this is where competition uh, still has to find its way over um, relationships. Yeah. I mean, I I would I would be just as happy if Aaron Rodgers is still under you know Packers contract but not playing as if Green Bay won seven games because that means I know that. He's not going somewhere else. Helping other teams and win. Not just that, but giving this franchise the raw end of the deal. Make him suffer for what he's tried to put this organization through, what he hasn't really totally been honest about. Not only that, he's acting like he has all the power here. No. Which you're it's completely up to two opposing teams' front offices mm-hmm. deciding to make a deal here. You're you're at the mercy of them playing nice, really. If they choose not to play nice, one side or the other, you're still right where you're at, my friend. And hey, hello to early retirement. Right. I mean, it's not like enjoy that ayahuasca. It's it's not like in any other job where you get a job offer and you can leave and you can go somewhere else. Um, this is not how the NFL works. And you can say you want to play for the New York Jets. You can put it out on 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 McAfee's program. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it's automatically going to happen. Like, heck, part of me wants Green Bay to just say, oh, you want to go to the Jets? Well, I got a better trade opportunity here with the Houston Texans. Here, they're giving us three first-rounders. Suck it up and play for them. Deal with it. Yeah, you I know? would love for him to get sliced a huge piece of humble pie. Yes. I would love if that happened. Because they are completely in the driver's seat here. He thinks he is. He is a passenger in the the back row of a fifteen passenger van, mm-hmm. completely at the mercy of whatever they choose to do. They don't have to send him to the Jets just because this is the media thing that's been created. They can send him anywhere they want to if there's another team that gave him a better deal. Here's the maybe one of the better things about this too, uh, and I and I think this was Rap Sheets reporting on NFL Network earlier today, is that the there's there's a plan A, and then there's nothing. The New York Jets have, have basically said our plan A is to make sure we get Aaron Rodgers. But there's no plan B. There is no backup plan. Maybe it's because they don't want to upset Aaron. I don't I don't know why. Um, most well-run businesses should have a backup plan if plan A doesn't work. But then again, this is the Jets. Um, but they apparently don't have a backup option. If this Aaron Rodgers thing doesn't work, I don't know. Uh, Zach Wilson again. Which... A backup option from BYU is never a good idea. Mike White. I, I, Who's I now in Miami. That's right. That's right. Thank you. Yep. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a bad sign. It's, it's, it's a bad sign that this is and, – and the Pat McAfee show is right in the middle of it and good for Pat because this is, uh, like you right. said, this has been successful for him, but it's going to turn out really bad for Aaron Rodgers if he doesn't cool it. But you know what's going to happen. Aaron's probably going to make an appearance this week. And he'll probably badmouth uh, Green Bay, and then it will probably turn into even more of a circus. And you know what the what the attempt is going to be there is let's say what we got to say, so that way we force some embarrassment out, so that Green Bay is forced to do something, so that this misery is over. Because sometimes that does make things work a little bit faster um, to your benefit, not theirs. It's not a good thing. 
Um, but you could try to play that card. I don't think Aaron has got a lot of cards left that he can play, but you could try to play that one and kind of, you know, force them to humiliate their way to making a deal to get this thing over with. I wonder if there's a proper way to go about all of this. No, there is none. There probably isn't. But <laughs> there is none. This does not feel like this is the way to do it. This is unprecedented um, of a player who has played is no, uh, played enough leverage in a contract to get yeah. a deal that's friendly to him to then go on a television or, or a streaming platform and say, I want to play for the Jets while still being under contract with another team and this not being a problem in the National Football League because, hey, we're getting caught, we're getting talked about right now. You know, it is it is unprecedented. It's not great by any stretch. Um, and, and, I, and I think there will be some collateral that, that comes out of whatever ends up happening from here. Uh, at some point, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the circle of honor. You were there on Saturday. That's talk a little bit about Bobby Perry. More on that. Uh, look at traffic here off the bench. It's ESPN Honolulu. Hunter, have you seen the movie John Wick? Oh yeah. Good movie. Fantastic. I haven't seen the fourth one, but, uh, Oh, there's four? The fourth? Is it I've, this can weekend? Can you tell? I've seen it, zero. It's this weekend that it's coming out. The the fourth uh, in the... It's, it's not, it, okay. It's not trilogy, but quadrilogy? What, what, what's the word for four? Four? Yeah, just four. <laughs> I, think, I think we just kind of keep the it simple. The fourth of the four. four. All right, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, the reason I ask, uh, texter from this 373, we were talking about Aaron Rodgers just a little while ago, and... Um, how Brian Gutenkunz basically just um, quashed any of, of of Aaron trying to play, you know, victim or trying to, you know, play things like, oh, you know, um, it's best to move on. Well, now we know why. Yeah. Uh, Texas says it's because Aaron Rodgers really, really, really thinks in his own brain that he is John Wick. You owe John Wick a huge apology. Now, again, I have, I have not seen any of the John Wick movies. I believe John Wick is played by Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Rodgers has grown out his hair. Uh, that would be a disservice to a Keanu Reeves yes. to, to, to make that comparison. Um, although I don't know how many of, uh, of his own stunts Keanu Reeves does. Maybe that makes a little bit of a yeah, difference. I don't but know. Keanu Reeves is known to give an exorbitant amount of money towards charity. Uh, he's all, um, all signs point to the fact of him being a, a really great individual. And uh, also, John Wick, just to catch you up, is basically like the modern-day Jason Bourne. Okay. Just like a killer of all killers, secret agent. And he was retired. They took his dog, and basically he takes it, takes on the whole world for— They them. took his dog? Well, they, they they killed his dog in the movie. And then that was enough ammunition to bring him back, and he just goes on and gets everybody. So, again, my point, you owe Wait, John— Are we starting a movie, or are we starting a country song? Exactly. They took my dog yep. in a Chevy, driving down the back roads. Yes. And that's how we get to John Wick. Well, anyway, you <laughs> slice it. You owe John Wick a huge apology if you're comparing him to Aaron Rodgers. We'll look back at the Circle of Honor ceremony over the weekend. Right now, traffic, you're off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Off the bench, ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco, we're with you. Uh, I would say we're with you all week. Um, 
Full shows today, tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday after uh, opening day, Major League Baseball, uh, White Sox, Astros. Wait, are you, so you're, wait, before I move any further, mm-hmm. uh, let's get to know Hunter Hughes. <laughs> Cubs or White Sox? Cubs. Okay. Uh, in, just making in, sure. In, in Chicago, there's very strict territory lines mm-hmm. of uh, north and south. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if you fall on one or the other, you are Cubs or, or White Sox. Okay. And so not only that, my grandpa die hard Cubs, where it seems like the sexy thing now to be a Chicago Cubs fan. I, I wish I could describe how hard that was for us. Wow. The 2003 season, whenever, um, uh, what was it, Bartman? Reached over and took the the ball out of Moises Alou's glove yeah. when we were an out away from going to the World Series. We really thought we were cursed. Like, that was a real thing. And then the White Sox turned around two years later. They won their championship in 05. And then a few years later, full, many years later, 2016 rolls around, and we have that magical year and, and got it done against Cleveland. And for us, it was borderline a spiritual experience for us because it really was such a thing of the Billy Goat curse never making it back to a World Series and then winning one. It was it, it, It's, as you know, a really, really big deal. So that killed the promo because I was, uh, was going to say White Sox-Astros coming up on Thursday. We're on <laughs> after that game. But then, I, Well, no, it's my fault. I asked no. the question. I asked the question, wait, White Sox or Cubs? Yeah. And then you went with a team that we're not airing. Uh, on Thursday. Then Friday, uh, short show until uh, men's volleyball at 345. Dave Kawada will be with you on Friday. There we go. And then I'll I'll see you back uh, on Tuesday because we're off next Monday because of the national championship game. There we go. Um, Coming up a little bit later on in the show, um, could it be Brock Purdy who is the opening day starter for the San Francisco 49ers? I was about to say Giants because, you know, we're... we're That's right. We're kind of talking baseball. I said opening day. Uh It sounded like it was going baseball. Uh, No, I meant football week one. Uh, maybe a little play into that coming up a little bit from John Lynch, the general manager of the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, by the way, uh, texter from the 294, because we're transitioning into the uh, Circle of Honor mm-hmm. ceremony. Chris Hart was Brock Purdy. Unexpectedly, way better than I thought. Wow. He took He took risks, and uh, that's respectable. <laughs> it's, you know what? I couldn't agree more with that text about risks being uh-huh. taken. I was scared for him with some of the risks that were being taken from the like, stage. Like the bread? The the bread was was G. Okay. The the, the bread was totally fine in my mind and I I, I don't want to go into all of it, of but course. There, there were there were a few moments where I was scared for him and also just it was very clear that we were the ESPN Honolulu table. We were right smack dab right there in the front mm. and uh he kept shouting out different members of our table, including myself. And the more he took risks, I'm like, I need to get out of here. (laughs) Did you stay the whole time? I did my best. (laughs) That is a politically correct answer coming from you, Hunter Hughes. (laughs) Not the reason why we're talking about the, uh, the circle of, uh, circle of honor ceremony on Saturday. Uh, our own Bobby Curran. That's right. Uh, was inducted again. I didn't get to be there. We had baseball. Um, you got to see that. Mm. I watched the uh, the induction video, and I want to shout out uh, you know Eric Hood and his family. Eric's our road engineer for mm. uh, uh, for for UH Athletics. Also, former baseball player at the University of Hawaii at Hilo, 
who may have had like one at bat in his entire career. It counts. It does count. Uh, but Eric is as solid of a guy as I know, and uh, he and his family, they they live in another state, went over to Arizona, where, where Bobby is right now, got everything hooked up and together, and um, filmed his his acceptance speech. Cool. I, got to, I watched it after the game on Saturday night while I was sitting in the booth. Uh, it was awesome, but you know, you know, it was was also awesome listening to his voice. Yeah, um, his voice was as strong as I have heard it in a long time. Wow. Um, you know, I remember when when he first. I, I, I think it goes back to like a couple of illnesses ago. Like he missed time because he had like hiccups, and hiccups led to something else. And like his, you know, his voice was getting kind of weak. You know, he was he was battling. He was, he's, he's a fighter. He was battling. Mm. And I and I listened to every part of what I think was like a five-and-a-half-minute speech, um, you know, talking about how he got in and, and, and naming a lot of people. And um, it was like, wow, his voice is holding strong. It sounds good. Um, you know, we've all been rooting for him from a distance. Um, and, and that was one of those great opportunities where I felt like I was rooting for him and internally I was like cheering inside, not just because he got the award, but because he sounded so good. Yeah. Um, I I don't, I don't know anybody who hasn't come up to you or me or anybody in our team and hasn't said anything along the lines of like, you know, we miss him. Um, you know, any any anything else along those lines and just wanting to, you know, have something that says, hey, you know, he's getting better. He's he's doing good. And that was for me, even from a distance, like the first sign of that, that, wow, his voice is holding. It's strong. He sounds good. Yeah, that was um, that was uplifting for me. I mean, you you were in the room as everybody was seeing that for the first time. Yeah, I mean, not only uplifting the the story of how he got in his mind his dream job is yeah. pretty inspiring, just to be honest. And then he named two people in that story: Rick Blangiardi and then um, Jim Leahy. Jim Leahy, Pop Leahy, and just you know, obviously Jim Leahy just passed away a couple weeks ago and Rick Blanchiardi is now our mayor here right. in Honolulu. Pretty unique set of circumstances there where they helped him get the job that would eventually become his seat here at ESPN Honolulu. Right. Um, I couldn't help but reflect on even uh, what, what's transpired for me in the last couple of years with ESPN Honolulu. And it's uh it it's really uh, inspiring to hear that from someone who's been doing it for such a long time, and uh, it's um, it's always cool to be able to to watch those that have gone before you in some ways. And obviously, to see his family go up there and receive the award on behalf of him, his two boys went up on mm-hmm. stage, and yeah, um, yeah, he, I, you know, I haven't lived here for for very long, Josh, but. For all those that I talk to, he is the voice associated on the radio with mm-hmm. with UH Athletics. Yeah, um, very very cool. And, and I'd, I'd more ask you the question: It can't help but wonder him getting inducted in the Circle of Honor. It almost makes me feel like you know ESPN Honolulu is is in there as well. You know, it's almost like we are kind of being honored as well. You know, 
I think that's I, I've never thought about it that way. Um, I, I think there might be something to that. Um, you know, I, I think and I don't uh, want to take anything away from him. No, you're not. It's no, I, just... I, 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 I know you're not. Yeah. Um, I've never really thought about it in that standpoint. Obviously, you know, employers do make decisions on 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 who they have as talent and who they give opportunities to. And certainly some really good leader many, many decades ago yeah. said, you know what? Um, Bobby could do – he hasn't just done football and, and basketball. He's he's worked alongside Don Robbs on baseball. Um, you know, he's done a number of different sports in his career. Some really good leader several decades ago made the decision to say, you know what, Bobby could have a morning show and um, you could talk about local sports for X amount of hours every day. And maybe from that perspective, I'd say, yeah, sure. Um, you know, that's that's kind of like, you know, good leadership and, and good teammates and, and good teamwork comes into play. I, I, I guess that would be would be true. Um, but I, I, I equate to some of our conversations that we've had as I've gotten to learn more about you and, mm. and we continue to work together and you've talked about, you know, coming here from Chicago and, 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 um, you know, really knowing and understanding living here. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and in, in your aspect of it, being a member of the university of Hawaii football team, being a, a part of that, that campus fraternity as a, as a student, um, there is no, there is there is no bigger job in in this medium. Well, let me let me let me amend that. Outside of the music, you know, disc jockey kind of work, and and and, and I'm and I'm thinking like Perry and Price because sure. you know their ratings are through the roof. Um, <laughs> excuse me, bless you. There, thank you. Mm-hmm. That was that was awkward. There is. No, I, I was not next to the mute button. I, I I I couldn't hit it, and honestly, I'm pressing it right now, and it doesn't work. So that wouldn't have mattered. Um, outside of those two personalities, there is no bigger job in radio. And I see you guys on the phones. We'll get to you in a moment at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. There's no bigger job in the radio than play-by-play announcer, University of Hawaii football. And that doesn't just come with the title, what you represent, who you're speaking to, who you are are talking to, etc. And here's someone coming from New York. Yeah. You know, he, he was, I, I, going back to, to hearing the story and the, and the talk about persistence and, and all that, right? That's a lot for someone from that far away coming here, going to school, wanting to make a living, like you did, football, playing football, mm. um, going to the University of Hawaii, and learning what it's like to, to live here and being a part of the community, not just being someone who happens to live here. And he did that. Yeah. And through his persistence, that also, and, and through the people he worked with and learned from, and then helped to do the same for others that would come behind him, people like me, um, people like Tiff, et cetera, yeah. um, to be able to impart that same thing. That is not something that I, I feel like gets lost, you know? Um, 
and, and that's why I kind of bring that up because it could be very easy to be like, okay, you know, I'm from here. This is my way, you know, blah, blah, blah. Totally. Not like that. No. Not like that. And um, You brought but, up persistence. I just want to touch on that yeah. for a second. That that was what I got from his story was I don't care how many times it's going to take. I'm going to be that annoying guy <laughs> yeah. until I go out to, to lunch with Jim Leahy because to me that is the dream. Mm-hmm. And he would not settle. And I I tip my cap to that man. That's awesome. And, and not in the the annoying persistence. Like I'm going to call five times a day every day, but in a in a respectful persistence. Sure. I, I took from that too. It was it's uh, like every Tuesday, right? Right. Every Tuesday and Friday. Or Tuesday and like Friday. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was respectful persistence, mm-hmm. showing that yeah, I am interested. I am serious about this, and I and I do want to try to find an opportunity to do this, but also understanding and being reverent of your time. Yeah. And uh, what you're willing to offer to me. So I. Yeah, I, I took that away too. I, I I thought that was a an interesting part of the story. I hadn't I had not learned. Me neither. Um, up until uh, until watching that video. Um, we'll get to more of your texts coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, call the coach of Charlie Wade is coming up tomorrow night at six thirty Ruby Tuesday at the Moana Lua Shopping Center. Make sure you tune in. It's brought to you by Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union. Ruby Tuesday Hawaii IBEW Local eleven eighty six Hawaii Pacific Health Paxa HGEA and Hawaii USA. Federal Credit Union. You're listening to Off the Bench. Here's traffic. Hey, we got an M Dyer Global scoreboard to get in here. Brought to you by M Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. Elite Eight in the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. 8.27 to go fourth quarter. Number one seeded Virginia Tech leading number three seed Ohio State, 67-57. This is in the Seattle Regional 3. Uh, they have two different regional sites, two in Seattle, two in Greensville, uh, or Greenville, South Carolina. So that's why you have Greenville 1, Greenville 2, and then I think it's Seattle 3, Seattle 4. Uh, but Virginia Tech wins. And then uh, earlier today, South Carolina still unbeaten. Uh, they're able to get past Maryland 85, uh, 86 to 75. Uh, winner's going to get LSU, who, of course, many remember, may be, uh, beat Hawaii mm-hmm. in the uh, first round of the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. Uh, that's going on. Uh, you can hear that on our sister station, CBS 1500. XFL, by the way, D.C. Defenders uh, defeating the uh, Houston team 37-26 to round out week six of 10 in the XFL. You got a score? No, just uh, – I. During that uh, Circle of Honor night, I talked uh-huh. with – actually, that they had the band and they had the cheerleaders there. Uh-huh. Um, I talked with one of the male cheerleaders who happened to be at um, Baton Rouge whenever oh. we played LSU. Okay. And he said that was the loudest stadium environment he's ever been in. Really? Yeah. Four-year cheerleader at UH said that was the loudest stadium he's ever been in. For a women's basketball That's game. right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's, against LSU. Yep, that's a program that that expects success. I, I guess I kind of understand it. Uh, by mm-hmm. the way, real quick on that Houston DC game, Cole McDonald eight of 11, 194 yards and a touchdown was also Houston's leading rusher. Uh, six carries for uh, thirty seven yards. Love it uh, for DC Jordan Tamu nineteen of thirty one, two hundred forty five yards, two touchdowns. Um, he also uh, no, he did not run for a touchdown. And then we did see uh, Cedric Bird four catches, thirty seven yards. Uh, for Houston. So uh, a lot of Hawaii ties in that game. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Always on the move. Uh, text in for you, uh, Hunter Hughes. Not the other guy? 
Not 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 what's his name. Okay. Not what a guy. Um, Scott texts in because we were talking about uh, we were talking about Bobby a little while ago and and kind of relating you moving here and and really becoming a part of this place. Bobby yeah. doing the same thing. Um, Scott asks, curious Hunter, what made you choose to live in paradise? Um, but I've got a unique story. I came out here to be a part of a nonprofit called mm-hmm. Youth with a Mission. And that was the whole purpose. Uh, came out here to kind of escape some Chicago winters uh-huh. and uh, met a great group of friends that kind of became my community. And that started, you know, to kind of create some roots over here. And a few years of that, and my, my dad was like, you've been on island long enough. Time to go to school and uh, <laughs> quit fooling around, which uh, brought you me You fooling around? Yep. And then, you know, UH, and the plan was to walk on the baseball team and – Coach Trapasso cut me a couple times, and uh, then I got dared to try out for football, and the rest is history. <laughs> Texter from the 343. Hunter, what part of Chicagoland did you come from? Come from Lake Zurich, northwest suburbs, about 45 minutes north of the city. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's that place like? I've never, I've never, I've never been to Illinois. So okay. Uh, like. Yeah. Uh, you know, really, it's kind of more of a small town. I... We claim Chicago, even though I come from a, a small town, and uh, my dad was the the pastor of that small town, and so we were, as a family, we were very well known just in the community because my dad was the preacher mm-hmm. <laughs> in our yeah. small town, um, but big sporting town as well as the majority of Chicagoland is that, where we're very rich in sports, and we take that very seriously, and so... Uh, played multiple sports all the way up through through high school, and that was um, kind of what it was like growing up around there. Was one of those sports, since you're wearing a Chicago Blackhawks jersey yeah. here in the studios, one of those sports that you played hockey? Unfortunately, no. Hockey really? hockey is the, the one sport that I still have regrets that I never got to play. Okay. Um, but you kind of had to choose. Uh, fall season, it was either football or golf, and I didn't— Oh, wow. Yeah, and, you know, it's, um, and then winter sports, it was either— basketball or hockey okay and then spring was either baseball track or lacrosse those were like the sports to choose from so you couldn't find a way to do both couldn't find a way to do but and hockey's expensive true you got to sharpen your skates you gotta you know you break sticks all the time uh-huh. um you gotta rent ice time for your team so if you're playing travel ball for you know which i was playing travel baseball which was my main sport tough to also budget in their travel hockey so that was a little tricky to do all that yeah this texture um this texture from the 343 um when asking that question they said uh this person came from lombard and went to saint joseph high yeah. school yeah the right on modern of isaiah thomas mm-hmm. this person played basketball with isaiah thomas and has uh, been here now over 35 years wow that's pretty neat very cool yeah, Lombard, really good basketball. Uh, we played Simeon as well. Uh, yeah, Chicago's got good sports. Sports entering traffic, you're off the bench. From the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. You know, I think it's, uh, you know, Pac-12's got to get their TV deal done. Uh, that's very, you know, widely documented. Um, they've talked about it, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Once we kind of everybody knows it's what's apples to apples or apples to oranges, people can sit down and start making decisions on what they want to Off do. the bench on ESPN Honolulu. 
Our wall of sound to open up the 5 o'clock hour. John David Wicker, the director of athletics at San Diego State University. Uh, one of the happiest men on the planet right now. He's got a men's basketball team that's in the Final Four. He's bringing in these quote-unquote credits that go to the conference that get dished out to the different schools within the uh, the Mountain West Conference uh, based on the television deal. So his school's cashing in. Everybody else is cashing in. The only thing he probably regrets does that mean Boise has to cash in too? Really? Yeah. Do we have to share our, our our NCAA tournament credits with Boise State? Do you think the Pac-12 wants the blue field? No, I don't think so. I don't either. I, I think maybe maybe seven years ago the Pac-12 might have said That's yes right. to the blue field. I don't I don't think so. Now. Timing plays a huge part in all of this. Yes, where it was already being thought of, speculated where San Diego is. A logical fit for the Pac-12, but not until USC, UCLA exit where they're thinking this is a very real possibility. And then also on top of that, San Diego State makes the Final Four. Yeah. All of that has to play. It's amazing timing. It really is. Um, I'm sure for Florida Atlantic, they're looking at their situation in Conference USA. Yeah. And they're probably wondering, okay, um, realignment of some sort is going to happen in some way. We've delivered all these credits for Conference USA. And hey, if we can continue this, I mean, ACC, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe there's an opportunity. Mm. ACC might lose some schools, and hey, we need Florida Atlantic to join the ACC to get us back to like 16 members or something like that. Um, you said it well. The NCAA tournament is a really interesting opportunity to um, you know to be able to raise your profile. You know, all those people that didn't know much about San Diego State outside of Oh, but they're they're being talked about for realignment. Probably haven't known about how much of a, a consistency they've been in men's basketball. They're probably learning more about Snapdragon Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on on the football side, I've never been to Viejas Arena. I've been near. Um, you know, I've been to Tony Gwynn Stadium where they play baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Viejas is it's not right next door, but it's it's in the vicinity. I've seen their football practice fields um, where they play lacrosse, too, which is kind of neat. So I've seen some of that. So I I, I haven't seen all of their um, facilities, but people are starting to to get to know that in an area of Southern California. It's it's a a perfect time. And when your name is already being thrown out um, and you're able to parlay that to a positive set of experiences – it's a no doubter. I mean, you you heard him say just a moment ago in our wall of sound. Hey, it, it's it's going to take um, the Pac-12 figuring out their their television deal, yep. and then we can kind of figure out something else out, and then go from there. That's a that's a uh, a, a no brainer. But since you said Boise, uh, we'll we'll get back to to San Diego State in a moment, and, and I want to get to something I want to jump off with Hawaii on as well. Mm. Boise from a on a scale of one to ten. Their conference shuffability, meaning interest from another conference to want them, because it was a while ago that they nearly went to the Big East. Yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10 right now, Boise State's conference shuffability is what? I'd probably put it at maybe like a 6 or a 7, with 7 being with the Big 12 and a 6 being with the Pac-12. Okay. I like the... Big uh, the Big Twelve for them more than the Pac Twelve. Okay, 
it fits a little bit better with some of the Greater Plains schools, mm-hmm. just geographically. Mm-hmm. Um, even culturally, too, it, it fits a little bit better than West Coast of the Pac-12. I, I don't I don't see Boise State fitting in with that um, that group of schools quite as easily with the Iowa States, the Kansas States. Boise State seems like a logical next additive to that conference. Gotcha, gotcha. I I was gonna go a lower number. I I would have said maybe seven years ago Boise State was like an eight. Mm. Um, I look at Boise State's conference shuffability at like a three right now. Wow. Um, football. Josh is a fan of handing out L's on a Monday. Hey, you know what? Um, I got more L's to hand out than W's. Uh, <laughs> like me forgetting that uh, Magnum PI was filming here downtown, so I was late to a meeting this morning. There we go. Um, although I'll be on Zoom, but it's weird. It's an important meeting. You know, um, our, our one of our big bosses is on it, and they don't like you. Um, you know, not having your 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 camera on during the meeting. Okay. You know, which is which is good courtesy, right? If yeah. you're if you're in a Zoom meeting, you're on Teams, you should have your camera on um just to show that you're present and paying attention, not like goofing off. So, you know, I have my camera on and my and my phone is in the car um and it's got like a good view of my steering wheel. And uh, you know, all <laughs> all I can do is basically say, "Look, I'm sorry. I had no idea that their traffic's not moving." And I'm right on Bishop. I'm like a, a, a couple minutes away, and someone says, "Yeah, it's because Magnum PI is down there, and that that red convertible is down the street doing like spin moves and stuff." Oh my goodness! I was like, oh, great. Um, yeah. So I'll I'll hand out an L to me on uh, <laughs> on on traffic. But, but let's think about it for a moment. Boise State was the standard bearer of the most important sport in that conference for years. And I don't know if it's because of coaching or it's because other mid-majors have figured out how to, you know, um, be better. Mm -hmm. But Boise State's not the giant killer anymore. Yeah. They're not the school that you were afraid to play because you didn't want to get an L from a mid-major if you were a power conference school. And that lack of mystique, the the blue field is no longer... Ah, the blue field. Cool. It's just like, oh, it's blue. And you know, it's, and it's kind of annoying. Yeah. You know, when 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 the mistake about all of that changes, you're you're less trendy and you're more just there. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel Boise is now. Boise State is just there. They just happen to have a really good television deal that the Mountain West wanted to get out of but couldn't and Boise State threatened to sue. So Boise State still has the advantage of getting all that extra television money that nobody else gets uh, because every one of their games is on some kind of a network. Yep. Um, you know, there's no like, oh, you're forced to be on stadium. Nope. It's not how it works. That's what winning can do, though. Winning can posture you for so many other great things. I think they are still benefiting off of that Orange Bowl or is it Fiesta Bowl? Fiesta Bowl. The Fiesta Bowl victory over Oklahoma mm-hmm. with that Statue of Liberty and right. the, the, the the hook and ladder play over the middle, beating Adrian Peterson. We're talking ten years, twelve years ago when that happened, where they are still 
in kind of a driving seat of the Mountain West because of that. Mm-hmm. If and I know you wanted to shift it back to University of Hawaii. We'll get there. We'll keep going. We 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 got to focus on winning first. Uh-huh. Where winning and then talking about what your your school, your programs, the state, what that all offers to other conferences. We're jumping ahead of the the main thing here, and that's winning football games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we have to be really really good in our conference before even being thought to go to the next level. And sure, San Diego State, I would not put yet in that category with Boise, but they are on the upper echelon of the the football schools in the Mountain West. I do think, though, winning, depending where you are, winning may not be able to just automatically make you attractive. If you're in a crummy place. It's timing. It's a bunch of things. What we just mentioned for uh, San Diego State happened for Boise mm-hmm. 10, 12 years ago. Right, right, right. All of that stuff, the mystique of the blue field, it kind of taking uh, the greater public by surprise, and then comes all of the advantage with recruiting. Come play up here. Come be a part of this. We're, we are David taking down the Goliaths. Um, they have a phenomenal supporting fan base up in Boise. They're, it's a combination of a lot of different circumstances that help make this possible. Going back to San Diego State, it is yeah. off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. One of the reasons why I wanted to kind of shift it back there and, and include Hawaii in the conversation. Um, I believe there is competitiveness, um, I think, within these schools. And not just talking about on the court or on the field, but I also think it's in um, watching what other schools are doing with facilities and how you have to keep up. Cost of attendance stipends are kind of like that, right? You know, Hawaii's not going to compete with the power conference schools when it comes to the cost of attendance stipend. But what are you going to do that will allow you to compete with the schools within your conference to make sure that, you know, Wyoming is not out recruiting players that, uh, you know, you should have a chance at because they have a better COA stipend or they they're making more moves on, um, you know, on on facilities that maybe Hawaii is falling behind on. This is a different take on a broken record. The record is still broken, but the stadium. This is where I want to be competitive with San Diego State. Yeah. Snapdragon Stadium. It's got an attendance of 35,000 or a capacity of 35,000. They found ways to, to use some sustainable things. Um, especially with their concession stands where it's, you know, they, they made that like, like kind of the charm of the facility. And then there's some, you know, some some greenery and stuff. So they, they've, you know, done different things. It's not like this expensive, expensive, expensive project, but at the same time, um, it does the job yeah. and it's nice. Imagine how odd it would look. You've got a venue that opens up in conference at 35 and the next school and I think call, uh, the, the next school to open up something new would be us. Maybe someone cuts in line. I don't know. Between now and 2027. Yeah. And it's 10,000 less. Um, I don't I don't think that has crossed the mind of any leader, um, you know, in this state. But I, I think you and I are very competitive. Um, you know, we want to win. We want to um, we want to be able to make sure that 
this program is in the best position. And I'm not thinking Pac-12. I, I, but you know what? These are the kinds of things that, okay, you, you want to be a part of the Pac-12. But you know what? You shouldn't be opening a stadium 10,000 seats less than the newest stadium that's being opened up in the conference. Couldn't agree anymore. That is, that is to me, um, not being competitive. That is settling. Not only, yeah, not only settling, you are, you, you are basically saying that the floor is better than the ceiling, mm-hmm. and we will never get to the ceiling. Right. Instead of creating something that we could build into or grow into, we are stating we're never going to be like that. We need to be okay with where we're at. That That, that is... I wish they took that into thought mm-hmm. in this process of, yes, UH isn't the only thing at play here for the new stadium, but we need to consider what that is then putting and posturing our school later on down the road if we only keep it at 20000 I may be an idiot when it comes to some of the governmental stuff. Oh, I definitely am, so that's okay. Okay, so uh, I'm not going to put you there yet. You, you, <laughs> you, had some, you, you played golf with some important people over the weekend. <laughs> um, but, uh, see, it is always a bad sign when you still don't know. Like, you know, the governor's ballparking 25,000 seats. Like, yeah, we, we kind of would like it to be here, but we've gone for a couple of years with, here's money, no real plan. Still waiting for an RFP. Still trying to figure something out. I would love for anybody who is interested in the design phase and the building of this stadium to say, we're not building anything less than 35. And I would love for the state and I would love for the governor to understand that if you want to keep up in Division One college athletics, you don't keep up by going backward. Um, That's right. And and some might say, "Well, isn't thirty-five going backward from 50? I mean, Yeah, but it. But we're also talking about something newer. And again, let's face it. it I'm going to swallow my pride for a moment. A University of Hawaii football team has not put fifty thousand in a Loha Stadium. That's right. In seventeen years. That's right. So I, I think we have to find some compromise there. We do. But San Diego State, I consider in conference because they are one of the teams that we will play every year for the next few years. Yeah. I consider them a rival. Yeah. I, I don't maybe consider them the same kind of rival like UNLV. Or Fresno. But I consider them a rival. They're, they're a friendly rival. I'd agree. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to come up with something new that is still less than one of our rivals. That's right. That would stink, and I think it would dampen any kind of fanfare a new venue could get. Um, and what if we sell it out? What if we sell out twenty thousand, and you're left sitting there going, "Man, I sure wish we had another 10. Right. Well, that would put the pressure, I think, to 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 force that second level of plans, if that ever happens. Um, but I just I, I I don't I don't like thinking like phase B. No, especially when it, when it when it involves government. Um, to me, it's it's phase, just phase. You know, this is this. It's I, to me, it feels hard to build phases on big venues and do it right. It'd be like doing a phase one of a law, and then you know, if that goes okay, we're gonna issue phase two of this law. Mm-hmm. Just give us the full, you know, the full fledged thing right off the bat. Right. Yeah, I. Um, 
I would be very curious to see here over the next uh, the next year or so. I want to see these RFPs, and I hope we get to see what these RFPs look like to get an idea as to like what these companies think that they can build and how much they can cost. Mm. Um, because I, not gonna lie, I'd be disappointed if we opened up a venue at twenty five thousand. So would I. Um, and we're, we're not gonna get a fifty. We're certainly not gonna no. get a hundred. Right. We, th- there needs to be something that's logical for us, but I don't. I don't feel like twenty five is logical for us. It's not. It's not. If we want, if if going back to Stephen's thing in the paper last that's week, right. um, if you want to have these big dreams of the Pac twelve one right. day, you can't have those dreams while not matching your fellow conference uh, contemporaries at the same time. It's impossible. I don't, I, don't, I don't think you can do it. Uh, let's check on traffic. More on this. Some of your texts as well. Off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. Another look at traffic is coming up here in just a couple of moments. Uh, some University of Hawaii football news over the uh, weekend, partner. Uh, Josh Brown hmm. leaving the uh, University of Hawaii football coaching staff. Uh, he announced on Twitter on Saturday, and I quote, I've made the decision to leave Hawaii and accept the defensive pass game coordinator at University of Texas, El Paso. I want to thank Coach Timmy Chang for allowing me to be a part of his first staff in Hawaii. The players I had an honor to coach and the rest of the staff, uh, I wish nothing but the best for Hawaii football. Me and my family are excited to be back at UTEP football, and I look forward to contributing and serving the program and getting back to a bowl game. Uh, Go Miners. Not something I expected, kind of late in the game, but uh, that leaves a coaching opening there for, uh, for Coach Chang. Yeah, not not only that, I sound I don't have the full bio on him, mm-hmm. you know, in front of me right now, but I assume that he has some connection with UTEP and Well, he was there previously before uh going to Hawaii mm-hmm. and then now is going back. So it it sounds like it's probably a family move for him. Mm-hmm. Um and there, there's so many things that come into play with this. Um and yeah, if there's another way to bring another extended you know hawaii brotherhood guy for, from uh the ranks of college football out there i'm sure timmy's looking to fill um f- from someone who knows this place knows our culture knows our guys and will help us continue to build towards the future yeah he was announced as the safeties coach at uh back on february 7th of last year so he wow. spends about 13 months here uh was with utep with safeties in the secondary from 2020 to 2022 so uh he returns to that program we'll talk more a little bit about uh university of hawaii athletics we'll get to some of your text messages in a moment call the coach charlie wade is tomorrow night at 6.30 p.m. at the uh, Moanalua Shopping Center at Ruby Tuesday. Make sure you join us. It's brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union, uh, Hawaii Pacific Health, HGEA, PAXA, IBEW Local 1186, Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union, and Ruby Tuesday Hawaii. Traffic here. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco, great to have you in as uh, we get you through the rest of your uh, Monday afternoon. 
there's a parade tomorrow. Just learned that a little while ago uh, during our uh, during our traffic update. So if you're uh, planning some uh, whatever you're doing tomorrow, uh, just stay away from Waikiki during the parade. And apparently away from Magnum PI whenever they're shooting downtown. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder about that. Uh, yeah, I, I was I was a little embarrassed to be late for my meeting this morning. Uh, to 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 be, I mean, it was gonna be I was gonna be on Zoom anyway. But it's one thing to be on Zoom clearly in front of your computer, and one thing on Zoom with the camera on your phone facing your dashboard and your steering wheel. That's that's a little awkward. One little offshoot for a second. The yeah. guy who stars in Magnum P.I. also played a character named Whack in the movie The Rookie. Jay Hernandez. Yeah. Whenever uh, Dennis Quaid was the, the pitcher, mm-hmm. the, the, the high school teacher or whatever. I'm only bringing this up because he's an actor who actually can play the sport. <laughs> it's one of my biggest pet peeves whenever you get an actor on screen who can't play the sport that their character is trying to portray. Interesting. But – in batting practice, the little you know shots of him swinging, mm-hmm. he can play, which I appreciate. That, that that's really the only point of me me going there was I appreciate when there's actors who can actually do what they're trying to portray on the screen. I'm just still trying to get used to the fact that uh, uh, Magnum PI is not on CBS. Mm. I'm trying to get used to it being on NBC. It's it's a it's, it's a little change. Like Brooklyn Nine Nine, many oh, years yeah, ago, yeah. Uh, was a, was a really good show and. Um, I had to get used to the fact that that was uh, no longer on Fox. It was on NBC because uh, Fox didn't want it anymore. So I'm still trying to get used to that. Sunday nights, free plug, Magnum PI. There you go. Uh, on NBC. All right. Um, let's get back to football. Let's get right into our wheelhouse. And one of the storylines going into the 2023 season, there, there are several teams with – interesting quarterback decisions we've spent a little bit of time on on baltimore uh with lamar jackson that's a that's an obvious one um we've spent a little time on green bay and the new york jets one we've kind of forgotten i'm not sure why we've kind of forgotten about it the san francisco 49ers Niners. now we know that they signed sam darnold he's me kind of a, a a backup type um, but we know that they have uh, another very important decision. Who is going to be their week one starter? And earlier today, John Lynch met with the media because, you know, right now the, the NFL owners meetings are taking place. So you got all the head coaches there. You've got all the GMs there. Uh, it is the, uh, the, the big hub for uh, conversation, eating, drinking, and everything football business. And John Lynch, the general manager of the San Francisco 49ers, was asked about the quarterback situation. This is what he said uh, to the assembled media earlier today. Take a listen. I think Brock has earned the right with the way he played, that he's probably the leader in the clubhouse at that. You know, I'll let Kyle make those kind of decisions, but I know when we talk, I think Brock's probably earned that right to be the be the guy. If we were to line up, he'd probably take that first snap. And um, really excited about where Trey is at with his uh, progress from his injury. Um, he's been working really hard and, um, you know, uh, love the opportunity to be able to bring in Sam Darnold and his skill set. We think it's a really good fit. And uh, we like that. We like that room a lot. In the background, you can hear every reporter typing. I don't know if you can hear that, but they're, yeah, they're, their fingers madly typing on their keyboards to go on Twitter with the breaking news, 
Brock Purdy is the leader in the clubhouse to start for the San Francisco 49ers Which is a golf term, one. by the way. Leader uh, in the clubhouse. Leader in the clubhouse. But yeah. uh, th- this was such an interesting comment for multiple reasons, okay? Number one, he said, normally we will leave a decision like this up to Kyle, meaning Kyle Shanahan, the, the head coach of the 49ers. Anytime you're talking about starting positions, yes, that goes to the head coach. Mm-hmm. However, he made mention, I feel like he had done enough this season that we should honor that um, that play on the field. So you can almost feel like John Lynch being the GM is kind of managing the tide of the fan base and the marketability of this right now, too, that kind of developed towards the later half of this season with Brock Purdy. Um, The other thing, mentioning Sam Darnold and no mention of Trey Lance. Except for Trey's first name. Yeah, Felt like they breezed right over him. Where, to me, I can't help but wonder, are they going to exercise... you know, maybe there are options here in this offseason of what they could get for someone like Trey in their their QB room. Or, this is the other thing, what happened to them at the end of the year? They ran out of quarterbacks. Everybody right. got hurt. Right. So, I think they might be taking that as a warning going into this season of no matter what it takes, we need to have three competent guys on our roster. I read what I heard earlier today as... It's time to move on. Mm. Um, it's at, I, I feel for Trey Lance. There is a um, there, there's a certain Bucknerism here. I'm sure that we could we could throw out about um, you, know, you don't normally lose your job to injury, but technically he did lose his job to injury, and then um, you know has just not earned it back. Well, he had, he didn't play long enough before right. the injury to right. really solidify himself as the starter. Unfortunately, exactly, and 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 that's where I think we find ourselves kind of juggling that because, look, um, at some point when you're hurt enough, and this is going on what now year three, and you are the franchise, you're, you're supposed to be the franchise quarterback, and yep. you don't have an opportunity going into year three to prove it. But more importantly. This was where the offseason was supposed to be to be able to show what work you're doing, moving ahead from injury, and to prove, you know what? I'm going to do just a little bit more. I'm going to prove I'm better than, than Brock Purdy. Yep. I'm going to be the guy that um, you know, can, can prove that I, I'm still a franchise quarterback in San Francisco. And if, if Brock Purdy's still beating him out, no offense to Brock Purdy, but that to me is a sign that Trey Lance doesn't have it, and yeah. the Niners wasted a pick a couple of years ago during the whole Jimmy Garoppolo stuff. They wasted a pick on um, on on Trey Lance, and and uh, and 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 that's a bummer because there was they moved mountains to make that happen. That's right, and it and it hasn't paid off. And Kyle Shanahan is a system coach where. He is very imaginative and doesn't rely on maybe someone like a Trey Lance, who I would put in the same category as maybe not quite Lamar Jackson-esque, but is very dual threat mm-hmm. in in yeah. his capabilities, where can jump outside the pocket, can uh, make things happen with his feet, different with someone like um, Brock Purdy, who can run an offense. 
get balls out of his hand quickly. Um, now, there, I'm not saying there isn't upside with someone like Trey Lance because there definitely is. Yeah. He's got a rocket for an arm. However, you're going to back the guy that can help your team win football games because right. towards the later half of this season, the one thorn in their flesh was that they didn't have a quarterback when they needed one. That was really the only thing that kept them from getting a chance at another at a Super Bowl this year was not having a quarterback in crunch time. Had they just had one more guy who was capable, they might have been there against the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I think now I look at, at, at Trey Lance's situation and I wonder, he hasn't really played. You start exploring your options and you, and you realize, well, what options do we really have? It's not like we can get anything back for him as compared to what we gave up to make you know this pick happen. Yeah. So what do you do if you're San Francisco? I mean, do you kind of have to just keep swallowing your pride and try to keep kind of pushing the idea that he's going to be an important part of your team? Or at what point do you swallow it and you realize he's not going to be? He can't be. I think they're going to move Trey Lance, Mm -hmm. honestly. I I don't see them keeping three borderline starters on the same roster. I think they're going to try and see what they can get for him. I, I don't foresee them keeping all three of those guys um, together right now because, yeah, it, it didn't quite shape up the way that they wanted to with Trey Lance, and he's still very much at the beginning of his, his career. I think they might get some stuff from other teams for him. By the way, I, I, I should make clear, I'm happy for Brock Purdy. I'm Absolutely. happy to see him. He deserves it. Cl- yeah. And n- not only... I, I brought up John Lynch kind of um, rolling with the tide of uh, the marketability here. I think you're rolling with the tide of the team. Mm-hmm. You, you can get a gauge. John Lynch is a, a, a long-time career in the NFL. He can get a gauge on who the guy is in the locker room and who the guys deem as their their leader. Yeah. Um, Purdy, I feel like, is that guy where he has earned that respect and um, is kind of leading the team where they want him to be at the helm and and help them win. So it, it's a delicate thing with, with the starting quarterback position, but in my mind, no point pulling that, um, all, all of the good things that they had going for them with Purdy, and then trying Trey Lance all over again when you, you've got a good thing here. Keep, keep it going as long as it can. It got you to the postseason. Absolutely. Um, you're not going to have that locker room infighting between Purdy and and um, uh, Sam Darnold. You're not going to have to worry about that. No, he's new to the new to the it, table. Exactly. So yeah. you, you know that it, it's really down to those two, and this is the most favorable move you can make, I think, to keep everybody happy and, and make sure you're competing in the NFC West. Uh, which they very much expect to be. Uh, Shelly's texting in. What time is call the coach tomorrow? 6 or 6.30 p.m.? That would be at 6.30 p.m. at Ruby Tuesday in the Moana Lewis Shopping Center. So uh, make sure you stop on by, Shelly. And we'll uh, we'll get one more look at traffic here. We'll uh, wind down some texts. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers texting here as well. Uh, Ugh. Related to the Godfather, apparently. Take it for what you will. Off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. Coming up, the Brotherhood, Pride, Tradition, and Excellence. That is uh, about 15 minutes away. 
Right here, it is off the bench on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco, happy to have you uh, aboard. Uh, let's get through a couple text messages and final thoughts on the show today. Uh, we were talking about Aaron Rodgers earlier and the uh, uh, Brian Guttenkunst, uh, Packers GM, uh, speaking today, basically saying, yeah, we were trying to work something out, but uh, Aaron just ghosted us, never returned our calls, mm. basically had to go to uh, – uh, his team to say that we're moving on. Uh, Jeff texted him because someone earlier said uh, Aaron Rodgers thinks he's John Wick. Apparently, he uh, dressed up like John Wick for Halloween or something. Aaron Rodgers is like Frito of the Godfather, slimy, according to Jeff. I'd agree with that. Okay. I didn't think a Godfather reference would come into play, but oh, all right. I'm not going to quite go full Michael mode and be heartbroken for Fredo, you know, portraying the family because this is kind of par for the course with Aaron. Aaron Rodgers, but uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of slimy. Texter from the three seven three. Do we go with Patrick here first? No, let's go with uh, Texter from the three seven three here first. Purdy deserved the right to start. What? And Garoppolo didn't do anything for the franchise, right? They they treated him like C R A P. I'm not gonna say it. You know what I mean. Um, that's not what we're saying. Right? This is not what I'm saying. No. Purdy deserved the right to start. Um, based on what he did at the end of the year, Jimmy Garoppolo was never going to come back. No, I he was I, hurt. It, and if and if and if Jimmy Garoppolo was in the 49ers' plans, I would have said Jimmy Garoppolo would be in the running to start. I still believe personally, Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Brock Purdy. He's got more experience for sure. Yes. Now, that's not the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation is the Niners didn't want Garoppolo last year. No one wanted him. And he happened to be a really good uh, saving grace for the team when uh, Trey Lance got hurt. Um, but he was going to be too expensive for them, and it wasn't realistic. If Garoppolo was still around, I think he would be day one starter in the 2023 year. But that's not the case. And so Brock Purdy is in a position where I think he has played into and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start week one for the Raiders. Yeah. So it's not like Jimmy Garoppolo was – Jimmy Garoppolo knew this was coming. Yeah. He just didn't know what team, and he didn't know it was going to be a starting opportunity. But he knew he was going to be in a different situation. So it's not like everybody's slighting everybody else. It's yeah. just the reality of the situation doesn't completely play out like the way the season did last year. That's right. And you and I are not 49er fans. No. Um, however, you, you can't – look past what Purdy did this last year. And that's the focus. We're not taking anything away from any of the other players. It's the fact that he was Mr. Irrelevant, the mm-hmm. last guy selected in the draft. They were hoping to maybe get quality backup minutes from him, and he emerged as an out-of-nowhere potential starter for them. You can't help but root for that story, Josh. Right. I don't care who you are. Right. Uh, Patrick Texton, he's got a uh, humor trade. Um, Aaron Rodgers to the XFL. Uh, humor trade. Yeah, humor trade. Okay. Uh, basically, you know, it's not going to happen. Let's just let's just have some fun. Yeah. Okay. He's gonna he's gonna retire and go live in South America and do some more ayahuasca before he does that. Yeah, trade him to DC. Nothing. Not, I mean, I I, I feel bad because I'm putting him in a situation that uh, Jordan Tamu was in. But um, yeah. I've been I've I've watched a couple of the DC Defenders games. Uh-huh. Um, I said destroyers earlier. I don't know why. But um, it's a joke. The X, I, I, I love a lot of things about the XFL. 
there's some things they totally didn't get right, and some of it is facilities. Hmm. They're not playing in a real football stadium in D.C. Uh, I think it's Audi Field is basically a soccer stadium. Yeah, because the, the sideline is almost 25 yards mm-hmm. from from the stands. Here's the other thing. If you notice, because the XFL is all about access and you got cameras on the coordinators all the time, what do you see when you look up at the offensive and defensive coordinators for the D.C. defense? pop-up tent. That's exactly right. They're outside of what looks like an office uh, with sliding doors or, or probably like a suite that no one's in. And they literally are standing inside a pop-up red tent. Hunkered down inside of it. Right. With what? Folding tables. And they didn't get like four of them. They got one. Yes. And they're like struggling to like get on. Well, what if it rained? Right. They, they'd be screwed <laughs> if, if it rained. I mean. Tell The Rock to go down to Costco and get three more. <laughs> they're cheap. Um, yeah. I mean, look, the the Clarence T. Teaching Athletics Complex is not perfect by any means. Yeah. They've done, like, hero's work to make sure that thing had, had gotten together. But you know what? Visiting and home coaches? They're in a building. They're in a building. That's right. They're not under a pop-up tent. That is, unfortunately for the XFL, that is cheap. Kaiser High School didn't do that to us. Oh, yeah, no, that's true. My first job ever with ESPN was color commentating with you for a Kaiser High School. It was Kaiser Pack 5. Kaiser Pack 5, yeah. and we were in a facility. Yep, that's we, right. They didn't put us under a tent. That's right. <laughs> you, had to, you had to walk up some stairs to get to that, uh, that that press box. If this is supposed to be the minors of the NFL, mm-hmm. take care of your guys. Yep, yep. They got to figure that out. I mean, the Dolphins have a problem, by the way. Um, so something that people don't know uh, – there are X amount of broadcast booths in in stadiums, and you know there is there are a lot of the, the Sunday games. They're kind of like national, but they're kind of not. There are mm-hmm. different rights deals with different networks. It's not like with a a specific team. You notice there's not a lot of Miami Dolphins games in Miami that get on the Sunday slots on radio. You want to know why? Because Hard Rock Stadium, for as nice of a venue it is, it is is horrible when it comes to press box availability. Basically, they'd have a national radio crew outside. Not in a booth, but outside, I think under like a tent. And some of these national, some of the national guys said- Getting your tan I, on down in Miami. Well, yeah, so I, I talked to some of them, and, and, and two of the different networks told me, yeah, um, we have these games if they improve their situation, but if they don't, we're going to have, we have a different game as a backup. And what do they do? They went to their different game as a backup. Wow. Um, facilities do tend to make a difference. Yeah. And by the way, the XFL also needs to care because, um, ratings are not staying up. They're kind of flattening a little bit. Um, the rock was asked about, he said, it's like, it's, it's not a a similar comparison and it's probably not. Um, but we're getting close to the playoffs. We're three weeks away from the playoffs now, and uh, they want to keep their viewership. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, final thought from you here on the show today. You, you brought up with facilities. Uh, we talked a lot about San Diego State. If they jump to the Pac-12, uh, this isn't necessarily facilities, but maybe pleasantries. My projection, if they go to the Pac-12, they will have the coolest jerseys in the Pac-12. San Diego State? I don't think they have quite gone into their Aztec um, ah. mantra and what they could do with those jerseys just yet. But if they go to Pac-12, get some of that money, I'm I'm quoting it right now, could be right up there with Oregon. 
I, I, I'll, I'll double down on that. Yeah. I think it won't just be jerseys. I think you'll see some different field designs. Yes. I think they're going to have some fun with that. Yes. That they haven't tapped into that, and I think they, they could do some really cool things with that. I think what you're saying, too, is not to completely put words or, words in your mouth, but what I, what I think you're also saying is it's going to uh, – that extra revenue and exposure will help them re, reshape or figure out what their identity truly is. Absolutely. It, it provides so many more possibilities because you are, are playing on, on kind of borrowed money when, right. when, when you didn't before. Um, the, the mid major to power five offers a world of difference with, with what you could offer your team. Absolutely. My final thought, uh, congratulations to Harry Gustin, uh, big West pitcher of the week, took a no hitter into the seventh inning almost on Friday. Here's a guy who was a, you know, reliever has turned into a starter and he's put together back to back to back, uh, really good performances on a Friday night. Good sign to see it as Hawaii goes back into Big West play. Uh, they've got Cal State Fullerton this weekend at Fullerton. Uh, look forward to being back in that ballpark. That's a nice place to be. Uh, but nice with, with Gustin pitching well. Abshire pitched well on Saturday. Um, earned a win. And Hawaii getting a sweep against the Green Wave. That was uh, that was really fun to see. We'll have those games Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Hunter, I'll see you tomorrow, my friend. Guaranteed. The Brotherhood Pride Tradition and Excellence. That's coming up next. You're off the bench.